goodness gracious me, that's a bit of a change, isn't it? Heavens, country calendar. Uh, what show would you put on a commemorative coin here? Text me 2101. We have Cass Carter and Michael Moynihan with me. I'm Wallace Chapman. Well, the national average home value has recorded its first annual drop in more than a decade. But those housing costs are still going up. And if you'll be needing to refix your home loans, you could be facing interest rates double what they're used to. And the increased regular payments that go with it. So say if you're going from 2.5% fixed for a year up to 5.5%, you'll be wanting to find an extra $300-odd a week. If, you have, if you've got a 400 grand loan. But the flip side is that the downward prices will help some get into the market. And on top of this, food's gone up. Figures from stats ended this morning. Fruit and veg category up 16.2% in the year to September 2022. So with us is Katrina Shanks, the Chief Executive Officer at Financial Advice NZ. Kia ora, Katrina. Kia ora. Trying to find an extra... 300-odd a fortnight, oh dear, this is going to be a reality for thousands of New Zealanders, Katrina. Yeah, absolutely. We know there are a lot of people this year that will be up for renewal in terms of um, the loans, the mortgages that they've got, and for many of those, they would have doubled. Obviously, this time last year, if you had uh, a one-year mortgage, that was sitting on a 2.5%. This year, um, if I look at the stats today for this year, for a one-year mortgage, it ranges between 5.5% and 6.39% oh. for a standard mortgage across the main five providers. Gosh, goodness. And variable f- uh, floating is a bit higher, isn't it? About 7%, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah floating ranges, once again, depends on the provider, from 6.5% um, to 7.34% um, on the five main banks. Yeah, we were talking about this uh, in uh, on our way to work with my, with my wife Tabitha, just going, okay, what um, what will we do? What do we need to do? Looking at our figures, we'll no doubt spend a bit of time looking at the figures. And, and Katrina, I think everyone will be putting a fine tooth comb over their spending. I mean, me as an example, the number of subscriptions that I have uh, has crept up over the year. You'll want to look over everything you've got. Absolutely, and that's actually a good financial habit to have anyway, which many of us haven't done for a long period of time because we haven't had to because mortgage payments have been so low and inflation has been running so low that we haven't felt those pressures. And we've most of a whole generation of first-time owners that have never felt an increase in um, expenditure and inflation and mortgage prices like we're seeing now. So there's certainly lots of things you can do when you think about how can I look at my... Now, P&L, your own income and expenditure, what can I do? Are there ways that you can increase your revenue, for example? There are things that many people think about doing, like renting out a room or charging some older um, siblings who are with you some rent, maybe. Who, can rent, out a, who can rent out a room? Uh, anybody, that, a young couple who have got their own house could bring the flat mat in for a, couple of, for a couple of years or a couple of months to help them out. There are many people who have got the opportunity to rent out a room if they need to, I mean, if you really, your back is against the wall, the key is to look at all your alternatives, not to put your head in the sand, oh. but address the issues that you've got between the gap. Okay, and so you do what you have to do. Absolutely, and also mm. it's like looking at, like you said, looking at all your expenditure, what are you eating, 
do you need to have you know more expensive food? Can you go to things in frozen and in cans, for example, for a while? Can you have you know the cheapest bread that's there as opposed to getting maybe a sourdough loaf when you go to the supermarket? Sourdough. <laughs> <laughs> Which, honestly, going, you know, I know. I'm just trying to think how many people really does has. Um, Except for Michael Moynihan, has the sourdough from Farrow Fresh. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, I, look, I I agree. I can't think when I last had sourdough. Um, I, I I think it, it is scary. I, I do remember the Longy Douglas era when they suddenly took the controls off everything and interest rates shot up from you know around 4 or 5% to well over 20 and people were going to the wall. And my dad was an auctioneer and he was having to um, attend an auction at um, Farmer's Mall mortgagee sales, which is just horrendous families yeah, losing yeah. their farms, sobbing, etc. Oh, and, you know, we, we, we just don't want to go back to that time. That was dramatic, but I think it's a good point, Katrina, that this generation wouldn't have actually seen much of a movement at all in, in interest rates, and they have been really low, and I know for some time banks have actually been um, being very careful with um, allowing mortgages, knowing that there, there could be some movement in mortgages. But I'm just, I was just wondering about banks themselves. Like, surely it's not in their interest to have people sobbing and crying and losing their homes. Is it worth talking to the to mm. banks and getting some advice or getting some you know different way of paying or you know uh, interest only or whatever if you've got a house? Absolutely, there are lots of options you've got um, when you go to your bank and the way you structure it in terms of maybe reducing your repayments for a while, longer terms um, for your loans, so it's a little bit longer for a period of time. Your mortgage advisor can help you with all this if you're feeling stressed or don't know what to do. So there's lots of assistance out out there. Banks definitely don't want to see people under stress. You've got to remember part of the affordability under triple CFA that's been in for a very long time was stress testing by the banks. So the banks added some percentages onto the current rate when you took out the mortgage to ensure that you could afford a bit of an increase if it went up. So it's it's not all bad because banks have been really responsible about how they have lent, lent money, but obviously this increase has been quite significant. Right, Michael. Oh. Yes. Um, I, I, no, I can imagine life without sourdough. I'm sure I can. I don't... Um, I, I laughed at the article um, in Stuff that said... Um, uh, cut out what you spend on children and limit their activities, which I thought was fantastic, except that children are often the hardest to say no to and actually quite complicated to um, uh, rein in. Um, I, I think this is... Um, I think this could be the defining thing for the next few years. I think this could be the thing that um, if we don't get this right, uh, if we don't yeah. actually uh, find the way to navigate our way through, there's a... Um, you know, Cass's memory of those years it could be what the this part of our decade looks like. So, I think we've also got to, as as consumers, think strategically. And and there's a difference, I think, between um, having, um, uh, you know, finding the balance between uh, reining in your expenses in a way which is going to damage your life, damage what you're doing, and actually um, looking rationally at the sorts of things you really don't necessarily need to. So in actual fact, I would be saying do activities with your children and have plenty of memories and things, but don't get the new um, telephone or the new refrigerator. Do you, do you know what I mean? You, do, you, you don't necessarily... You, we, we've got to think there's, in, I, in I a get, big picture I guess about my it. point, uh, Katrina, as well, is there's only so much 
saving you can do. You know, people come onto the RNZ for saving tips, but we're talking about, you know, 300 bucks a fortnight. It's a, it's a significant jump. I'm not talking about, you know, saving five or ten bucks here no, or there. It's, it's, a, it's a really big jump, and that is why we're talking about, that's why I'm worried about it. Absolutely. And I think there's options that you've got if you're up for renewal, you know, shop round, understand your differences. Even if you look at the current two-year rates today in the main banks, the top rate is 6.65% to two years. The bottom rate in the main banks is for a standard mortgage is 5.75%. So it's quite a variable. Over, right, a okay. year, if you, over a year, if you're looking at only paying interest back, let's say I calculated on my piece of paper, you're looking at $139 a fortnight. For many people, that's a significant amount of money. Yeah. Interesting. One thing that, uh, picking up on what Cass said there, is do not be afraid to go back to your bank and actually have a discussion because it sounds pretty obvious, but many people mightn't, and there might be something that they can do for you, huh? Absolutely. There's no banks want to see people defaulting on their mortgages, and they don't want mortgage sales. That's the worst outcome for everybody. So I think everybody, we're working collectively together to try and get the best outcomes if you are under hardship and stress. Good on you. Thank you for that. Uh, that's Katrina Shanks here, Chief Executive Officer at Financial Advice uh, NZ. Uh, it is 17 past for the panel. Cass Carter and Michael Moynihan with me today. Well, climate change was a bit of a theme on the panel. You started quite a feisty panel too, I might add, with uh, David Cormack and uh, Heather Roy. Disappearing ski fields, climate protesters holding up the traffic and the farm emissions. Well... A new report out today looks at the pressing issues in our oceans, severe marine heat waves, more acidic water, sea levels rising twice as fast as previously thought, plastic pollution, that's rising steadily. That's what our Marine Environment 2022 report says by the Ministry for the Environment and StatsNZ. With us is a, a Principal Scientist of Marine Ecology at NIWA, Dr Carolyn Lindquist. Uh, kia ora, welcome to the panel. Uh, thank you, Wallace. Now, you are engaged as an expert reviewer of this report, and it's the third report. What sort of a picture does this report paint compared to the first two? Well, I think the the way that the reporting is, it's slightly different where it's a more a short report. So they're just updating on uh, the things that there's new information on, whereas the 2019 report was actually quite extensive and probably three or four times as long. So... For one thing, it's a change in the structure of the report, so you're just seeing three or four big indicators that they've focused on this time. Oh, yes. Now, some pretty sobering issues, needless to say, has been covered on RNZ today. Coastal water quality also degrading, getting murkier. That struck me. What can you tell us about this? So coastal water quality is uh, one of those interesting things where it's very much... Um, quite variable around the country and a lot of it depends on where you are and what type of whether it's land use or you know our urban population centers tend to be places where we'll see some of the metrics that they look at like uh, zinc for example will be much more associated with our urban centers whereas other things like nutrients you might often find more associated with agricultural runoff so it's it's actually quite variable depending on where you are and looking at the different metrics you see a lot of places are improving, but again, a lot are still quite negative. Yeah, and I understand if there is a sort of sliver of uh, um, good news, uh, that, that the, 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 the less fertiliser um, is contributing to less algal bloom. 
Mm. Yeah, and, and that's certainly something that we worry about in the oceans. We do have some estuaries that have had pretty substantial algal blooms go on, particularly, yeah. for example, down in Southland. So how do we recognize that it's a problem and make sure that we're managing the impacts on land before they cause a problem in the ocean? Let's bring Cass Carter in. Do you take the a walk along the beach, or is this of a concern to you personally, Cass, when you're sort of uh, taking a stroll? I mean, we all live we all we all we all live close mm. to the beach, essentially, don't we? Yeah, I live at the beach. I live in Paikakariki, so oh, I'm right beautiful. there. Yeah, beautiful. yeah, beautiful. And um, no, this is really depressing. Actually, I was just thinking this is really depressing. Panel, thanks very much. Fat cats, fat mortgages, and now we've got rising sea levels. So all important <laughs> stuff, though. All important stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I just I don't know. I, Carol and I, I wonder, do you despair when you work in this environment? I mean, do, what what can we do about it? What what can I do as, you know, Josephine Blogs about this? Yeah, you know, we were actually having this conversation in my office this morning, and um, I'm a perpetual optimist. And so I, I think one of the things I see is the fact that we're doing the reporting means we actually are quantifying what's going on now, which means we're then developing those mitigation measures. So that's, you know, a lot of it is it's no longer going on the background and ignored. And it's actually quite upfront. We recognize that most of us enjoy the ocean in different ways than just the economic benefits we can get out of it. It's about walking on the beach or enjoying the ocean or just breathing in the sea air. And those are the things that make it very valuable for all of us as New Zealanders. Well, especially in New Zealand, you know, that's what we do. We're, you know, mm. we've got this massive amount of coast and we all love that we're, we're, as you said, Wallace, we're not far from the beach. So it's really I, and, and I guess this what hit home to me, Michael Moynihan. I mean, and this is why the report um, really spoke so much to all of us, because we want to be proud of our beaches, our coastline and the life within it. Yeah. You know, a healthy, thriving ocean water around us is just whatever side spectrum yeah. you're on. It is so important to us, isn't it, Michael? It is. It's in our DNA. Um, um, Dr. Lindquist, is it, this feels to me like it's exponentially um, gotten worse. You know, like it, it's reached a threshold and, and all of a sudden we're on a roller coaster of worseness. I did think of a joke while we were sitting before and thinking, is, is there no climate change really? Have all the fat cats just jumped in the water and the sea levels risen? But <laughs> that's probably not appropriate. The, um, uh, but does it, you know, like have we... It, it feels to me like a much more of a roller coaster than it did... Um, you know, even 10 years, 15 years ago? Yeah, it, it probably depends on the metric and where you're looking. So a lot of places are actually improving. Some things are getting worse. Uh, one of the statistics that's in there is the sea level rise metrics. And one of the things that's changed is how it's reported. So uh, what we would have done about 10 years ago in a report we wrote, we were reporting going back 100 years, basically drawing a line through that whole data set but now one of the things that they're pulling out is, wait a second, you know, we're actually seeing an increase really over the last 30, 40 years. So how can we, you know, showcase that we're actually seeing yeah. a bit of a jump yeah. in sea level rise? So that's, that, that's right. quite, that was part of my question was, uh, are we, because we're recording it, much more aware of the urgency of it or has it? Has it really sped up? And, and I guess what you're saying is um, uh, drawing attention to it is a terribly good thing, but it's also um, uh, um, speeding up. And, and at least in that particular metric. And, yeah. you know, that's not surprising. We're all seeing everything in the news on yeah. glaciers melting and Antarctic uh, 
I sell some things. So. I, I certainly find this depressing as well. And you I'm do? A, I'm, and well, I and I'm a yeah. perpetual optimist myself, and 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 want to see the good side of everything. I just look at this and I think I just do not know what to do. That's I how just I feel. don't know what to do. It's hand-wringing, isn't it? Gracious yeah. me! Uh, uh, well, um, you, you're a marine ecologist, uh, Kelly. You're not, you're not a psychologist, but uh, <laughs> can you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can, can you give us some? Can you give us a? How, can you give us some advice here on how to sort of see the see the positive? all of this. I mean, for example, I mean, the acidic water is going to be a threat to our Kaimawana. So is the silver lining in this is that over time, it is up to each and every one of us who love our beaches, we've got to get down and do this together. Yeah, that's certainly one thing. But the other thing is we, you know, with a lot of the modeling technology that we have right now, we can look at the places you know, which places are at much higher risk, whether it's as heat waves or ocean acidification, and which places aren't, so that we can concentrate right. our efforts to mm. make sure that we're, you know, saving the population. What we can save. Yeah. Okay. To make it. Yeah. So this information is really valuable. Uh, certainly. Yeah. You know, and it, it comes in along with a lot of the strategies that are coming in. For example, spatial management is one of the things that we're using in a lot of, whether it's fisheries management or marine reserve design. And you can use that to identify risks and different threats and stressors coming into the oceans, mm. as well as identifying high biodiversity areas. Very good. Uh, that is uh, Dr. Carolyn Lundquist, uh, Lundquist rather, uh, marine ecologist uh, at NEWA. 25 past four. Thank you so much for your uh, texts and emails about um, a commemoration coin. Uh, what show would you commemorate on? Because why am I talking about this? Because the ABC are doing just that. The Royal Australian Mint are releasing $1.20 coins to mark 90 years of the ABC featuring Jemima and Humpty from Play School, Rage, Australia's longest-running TV show, and with us is Nicholas, who's been patiently waiting. Kia ora, Nicholas. Glad to have you Hello. with us. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Very well. Okay. A $1 coin, Aotearoa, what show would you put on it? Uh, Beauty and the Beast. Of course. Uh-huh. Of course. Uh-huh. Why? And why did you choose that? Uh, I just remember it, uh, and my my mother appeared on it. So, yeah, your mum appeared on it as, as a panel member for a while. Yeah. Oh, she was giving advice. How cool! <laughs> was that embarrassing <laughs> for you? Uh, no, I was uh, about six months old at oh, the time, okay. <laughs> yeah. and and uh, so I, I was totally oblivious to it. And later on, uh, she, it used to be on when I was a young kid and I just had quite a memorable little tune at the beginning yeah well I absolutely loved that show in fact in fact um why don't we play the theme briefly here it is no no sorry no we won't play it we haven't got it no don't worry hey uh Nicholas thanks for being with us very very good uh that is Nicholas who uh chose uh Beauty and the Beast there but here's one that I, I played I played Hudson and Halls here's another cooking show which I completely loved and cheese by itself takes a lot of beating, especially for an easy summer meal. But when the weather's not so hot, 
it's rather nice to use that same combination of bread and cheese in a variety of cooked dishes. Isn't it? Uh, bread and cheese takes a lot of beating. Um, <laughs> honestly, to be, I can't imagine anything. As I can't like, imagine a world without bread and, and cheese. As long as it's not sourdough, though. No, as long as it's not sourdough. It and yeah. camembert, no, can't have no, camembert. Can't have but bread. bread and cheese done by Alison Holst. Oh. See, that was different. You mm. see, I'll actually eat anything, if, uh, literally anything, if it's got a cheese sauce on it. So if you, you can give me your old boot and put a decent Alison Holst cheese sauce on it, and I'd eat that. Including cauliflower? Oh, cauliflower at the top of the list. <laughs> so so um, Australia um, goes the whole hog and releases coins to mark 90 years of the ABC and the designers capturing many favourites going back to 1932 and it does include Jemima and Humpty from Play School. We've also had someone uh, say the dogs show. Um, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Cass... What would you put on oh. a coin? If you were to mark great broadcasting on Aotearoa, what would you put on it? Oh, you've said it already. It's country calendar. There's nothing comes anywhere near country calendar in terms of the, how deeply embedded it is. And, Do you reckon? And absolutely. And it's been going so long, and it's still really relevant. I know it still rates really, really well. I still remember the um, the, the show when they did the um, April Fools with the turkeys with the gumboots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Country calendar. There's n- there's nothing any close to it. Deserves it, it almost deserves its own coin, like a, like a oh, gold, gold coin. Country, yeah. country yeah. calendar. Yeah. What about you, Michael? Well, I um, uh, when you asked the question earlier in the afternoon, I thought, what now? You know, the TV children's program. That mm. was, it was, it's been around for 40 years. It's a fantastic program. But while we've been sitting here, I've been thinking things like, do you remember Close to Home? Mm. That sure soap do. Opera, that had a, a great little kind of theme tune. That, that would, should be on it? That should, that should make, that, that theme tune, I think, could make you slit your wrists no trouble at all. It was <laughs> that depressing. Um, I also thought of, uh, do you remember that program, Top of the Town or something, where, where they had towns that competed with each other? in a well, Top called, Town. I top Town. And in that, that had yeah. a very perky um, yeah. theme. What did you say, Cass? I competed in that. It was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was it? Was it? It wasn't fun. Oh, it was really Did you not hard win? work. Did you <laughs> what was the town? What was your town? In New Plymouth. Yeah. Oh, well, it wasn't going to win, was it? No. Cast, <laughs> well, I don't know. You competed in Top Town. Well, how about that? That is amazing. Yeah. Mm. Um, what else? Yeah, a dog show. Uh, yeah. It's in the bag. Oh, it's uh, in the bag. Of yeah, course. of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. too good, right? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Beauty and the Beast as well. But if you're going to yeah. do soaps like Close to Home, what about Outrageous Fortune? Because it's been hugely successful. I mean, I know it's not as old, but no. But is it, wor- is it worth a coin? That's the thing. Mm. You've got to think really hard. We've this also is, got to these, decide these are the coin. Cultural, cultural but, moments. But we've mm. got to decide. That, are we talking about a ten cent coin or a two dollar coin? I mean, there's going to be a difference. We're going to have, um, you know, country yeah. calendar at the two dollar end. And maybe we've got um, outrageous fortunes on the ten cent coin. Well, I think I think we're missing a trick. I think that Australia's onto something. Here's here's a show that should definitely be on it. Now, do you know what this is? Boom. No. Two one zero one. Text no, me. You're very what, talented. Though, what, thank you. Sure, uh, <laughs> what we haven't said, given um, Karen Hay is. Uh, such an important part of this um, television uh, radio station, uh, we haven't said um, radio, radio with pictures. pictures. Mm. Or, or remember, ready to roll. Ready to roll. Ready to roll. Yeah, that had a great theme tune. The uh, the ideas are coming through now. Uh, the commemorative coin, broadcasting uh, legends, what would you put on it?